1: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs.
0: We're going to talk with Neil Greenberg, for my money, one of the best riders in the country, especially when it comes to breaking down big things like March Madness. But first, there's this news from Adam Schefter that is just baffling to me. According to him, the Cardinal former Cardinals running back Kenyon Drake just signed a two year deal worth $11 million guaranteed with the Oakland Raiders. It includes incentives that could get it up to 14 and a half million dollars. Alex, the Raiders have had the single most puzzling offseason of any team in the league. They've now completely dismantled their offensive line. They just added a running back for $11 million guaranteed. If he gets up to that $14 million, he would be the highest or the eighth highest paid running back in the league. And this is a team that has Josh Jacobs as well. Bold prediction real quick. I if you could place money down on who would get the number 1 overall pick next year in the draft, uh, put some money down on the Oakland Raiders. I don't know what their odds would be for that, but this
1: team is going to be an absolute disaster in 2021. God, you hate running backs, BK, and thank you Tanner because he just did BK the Raiders, Raiders Super Bowl champion in 2021.
0: Yeah, that's how this is going to go with uh with absolutely nobody blocking on the offensive line for two highly paid running
1: backs. Eh, you don't need so anybody. Go the loose. Kansas City Chiefs are proving that.
0: With Alex Frario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Right now, let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Neil Greenberg of the Washington Post is joining us here on the show. Neil, we always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, doing all right. So let's talk a little bit about this tournament that officially kind of begins today. What is when, you, when somebody sits down to do their bracket, whether they watched a ton of basketball this year or watched none of it, what's the number one tip you could give them to how they should start with this thing?
2: going to start with the national champion and go backwards. Um, Historically, you look at what wins pools, and it's getting the national championship game right, and it's also getting the national champion right. Um, You know, A national champion correct pick is worth the same as going perfect in the first round. So you definitely want to make sure that you have at least a title game correct. And then you want to start to differentiate your bracket. You want to think about what are the other brackets going to look like? And how do you make yours different? So, um, you know, for me, that's starting with Illinois as the champion and then starting everything backwards from there.
1: We like to hear that, Neil. Way to just buy into the audience right now, picking <laughs> Illinois as those national champions. Let me ask you this, Neil, because I've gotten strategies before and they've worked. They've also had me tear up my bracket <laughs> after day number one. Is there yeah. anything into just picking the top teams in every round
2: yeah I mean you can you can do pretty well in that, and if you're in a big pool and you're just looking to be competitive, that's probably the way to go. You can probably win seventy percent of games doing it that way, um, which is fine. I mean if you're just looking to you know to to be able to beat most of your friends or to to you know see your name on a leaderboard in a big pool then then that's great. Um, but your your bracket's not going to be unique, right? You're going to have Gonzaga in there. You're going to have Baylor in there. You may even have Michigan in there, uh, which a lot of brackets are going to have. Um, so, yeah, you may you may get some money, but that's going to be an awfully difficult bracket to have win a big pool. And by big pool, I would say – anything north of 50 people in it Um, for those type of pools you just have to be different
0: so neil the number one thing that people like to look at especially in the first round i know you said don't worry too much about it but you know how this goes right everybody wants the upsets and everybody wants to be able to say it all their friends oh i picked that one i got that one right which if you're looking at the seeds maybe even more so than the teams where should we be looking for upsets in the first round
2: i think the 13 seeds are going to be a little more lucrative than the 12-seed. Um, everyone is kind of conditioned to look at the 5-12 game and pick a 12-seed. Um, I know locally here in D.C., Georgetown is going to be um, you know, very popular, I'm sure. But I'm looking at the 13-seed. I'm looking at uh, UNC Greensboro. Uh, I'm looking at Ohio over Virginia. You know, Virginia has had a tough time lately with their um, coronavirus positive tests. They haven't been able to practice. Um, so I'm looking there as well, and I think – Um, You know, North Texas could be an interesting pick, you know, if you're looking to differentiate your bracket a lot. And, um, you know, Liberty over Oklahoma State. I mean, I think that those are – that's going to be the seed line, at least to me, um, that could have a lot more impact than, let's say, the 12th seed.
1: Neil, that's where I was going to go next. Two teams that confuse the hell out of me in this bracket are Virginia and Kansas, mainly because of the COVID deal that they've they've been struck with do you see either of these teams being able to make a run, or do you think both of these teams are looking at potential upsets in the first round?
2: Um, I, I, I am picking um, Ohio to beat Virginia for sure. Um, again, Virginia you know, Virginia still has to pass their COVID test, I think, to even gain entry into the tournament. Um, they might have done that. I, I've been a little bit out of loop writing, but um, so definitely Ohio, and I think the oddsmakers agree there. They opened up an eleven-point favorite. They were down to as low as seven points. I'm sorry, Ohio was getting eleven points. They're now getting um, as low as seven points. Um, that's a major shift. And like you said, the same thing with Kansas. I mean, we don't know how you know how it's going to affect these teams on the court so you're much better off fading them um because any uncertainty is going to going to work in your favor now do i think Kansas can beat eastern washington yeah absolutely but again i mean if you're looking to to get an edge on other brackets that's an interesting pick for you to take and you know you're really only risking you know one point depending on what your your the rest of that upper region of the bracket looks like so it's not like a make or break type thing i don't think anyone's going to have eastern washington going too deep but um you know, it certainly makes your bracket unique in that respect. And perhaps it makes an easier path for a team like USC or even the winner of Wichita State and Drake to, to get that much, um, you know, to, to make it into the Sweet 16 just a little bit easier.
0: Neil Greenberg of The Washington Post joining us here on 101 ESPN. Neil, one thing that I've been struggling with all week is what to make of these Big Ten teams, because I look over on Ken Palm and it's six of the top 13 teams in the country based on their metrics in the Big Ten. You go even further, it's nine of the top 35 So, for example, a team like Wisconsin, you look at the record and it's like, okay, 17 and 12. I'm not all that impressed by them. But then you go down the losses and 10 of those are in Big Ten play against some of the other best teams in the country. How do you think that's going to play out into this tournament? Should I should I be leaning towards some of these Big Ten teams that might not have the record that people are looking at, but are in terms of the quality of the team, some of the best teams in the
2: country? I am. Um, I am very bullish on the Big Ten teams. I have Illinois, Ohio State, and Iowa in the Final Four. I have Wisconsin playing Ohio State in the Elite Eight. Um, I think that when you look at this year in particular um, and the lack of out out of conference play, it's um, you know it's very telling that the Big Ten was so strong, right? I mean, these teams just beat up on one another, and you look at a team like Wisconsin. You know, like you said, I mean, their losses are not—they're—they're um, they're not cheap losses. I mean, they lost to some some good teams. So, yeah, I think that um, you do have to take it seriously. And you look at you know the Ken Palm rating in particular. You know, Ken Palm, the higher-ranked team on Ken Palm has won seventy um, percent of games this year. So, you know, that alone tells you if if you have these teams that are clustered at the top, chances are they're going to be able to beat the teams that are underneath. Um, so, you know, we talked about making your bracket more unique. I have Wisconsin beating Baylor, uh, moving on to the sweet 16. There's going to be a lot of people on Baylor. Um, you know, I have Gonzaga fall into Iowa in the elite eight. There's going to be a lot of people on Gonzaga. I think more than a third of brackets in the ESPN pool have Gonzaga as winning it all. So if you get, you know, look, you have to get lucky in these type of things. If, if Zaga does lose before that, you know, you just eliminated a third of the field, which, uh, is no small thing. So, yeah, I'm completely bullish on the Big Ten teams, and I think that it's warranted how good they've been this year.
1: Pardon me while I go fix my entire bracket now <laughs> after hearing Neil just say that with those Ken Palm ratings. Uh, I'm curious, Ken, because my guys Brandon Kylie, and Tanner Hendrickson just called me dumb a few days ago, but I'm pretty bullish on Georgetown, and I don't know if it's just buying into the fact that Patrick Ewing was fired up about Madison Square Garden or if it was the way that they played in that tournament. Where do you have Georgetown in this tournament?
2: All right. Well, I'm not going to call you stupid. Okay. Right. That's a good but, start. Um, I, there was I, a
1: big butt there, Alex. There was a I mean, big. Look, there I was I a big pause. Shows, you know that. Like, there I'm, was a big I'm pause.
2: A and the a big butt. I, I don't want to have any sort of <laughs> technological issue where I'm disconnected right now. Um, but the one thing that worries me about Georgetown is they turn the ball over on offense a ton. Right? They turn the ball on offense a ton. They don't. They don't get those back on defense. That's a big problem. Um, so I think when you're, when you're going up against uh, an efficient offense like Colorado, you, know, you can't really afford to give up those type of plays. Now, they may make up for some of those on the offensive glass. Georgetown's a very good offensive rebounding team, um, so they may get some second-chance opportunities there. They're a good three-point shooting team, so they can, you know, they can score in bunches. Um, but those turnovers really do bother me a little bit. Um, I don't. I personally don't have them moving on. I have Colorado beating them and going pretty deep, like I just said. Um, I know here it, locally, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of people on Georgetown, but you know, and as a 12 seed, there'll probably be a lot of people on Georgetown. But um, you know, I think that they've looked very impressive. I mean, they got into the Big Dance by winning the Big East, which is which is no small thing. And if they can, you know, if they can control, if they can take better care of the ball on offense. Um, then yeah, I think there are some ingredients there that can that can help them. Um, you know, they have they're pretty tall. They have um, a lot. They have some experience in, on their roster, um, so they do have a height advantage. They do have an experience advantage over most clubs. Um, you know, that could serve them well in the tournament.
0: <laughs> there goes that bracket. <laughs> Damn it. They're really good, Alex, except for the fact that they turn the ball over all the time and they can't shoot two-pointers. So except I, yeah, I mean, everything.
2: I mean, look, other than that, <laughs> other, you put that aside, Hey, and I'll give I think you, they'll be fine.
1: I'll give you... Props, Neil, because you just did all of that by making me sound at least somewhat intelligent and not calling me stupid. They're so God big, bless they're you, strong, sir.
0: But they can't shoot from the inside.
2: <laughs> they fine. turn the ball over. If you want to take time. a team that turns the ball over and can't shoot, that's fine. Hey. Like no one, that's not a big deal.
1: You, you said people need to be risky, Neil, and I'm being right. risky with Tense that. Take the risk. Don't worry about it. I me. like it.
0: All right, last question for you, Neil. Speaking of being risky, um, I'm looking right now at some of these eight-nine matchups and who they're going to play in the second round, and it has me petrified <laughs> because I. Uh, <laughs> love baylor i love illinois i'm with you on them i'm picking them to win it all as well however as you mentioned wisconsin is a lot better than their seeding is going to indicate same thing for loyola chicago if you go back to those ken Palm ratings that you referenced they're the ninth best team in the country wisconsin coming in at 11 in those rankings how much concern should there be about baylor and illinois in particular with those matchups coming up in the second round
2: there should be some concern i mean loyola um is going to play uh, a Georgia Tech team that's going to have some injury issues so i think that their uh, their probability of advancing is much greater and you know like you just said i mean these are these are also good teams and um you know maybe we haven't heard about Loyola Chicago in a while but um you know this is another team that shoots very very well um they're very good around the rim they um you know they're just able to, to they fit this profile of if they get hot next thing you know maybe you're down 5 points and then you got to claw your way back so um you know for a team like Illinois m- maybe it's not that much of a of an issue because Illinois is very very good um but still that's not you know you'd much rather play the winner of like LSU St. Bonaventure no. or um you know maybe even Oklahoma Missouri No, then you know you were would. doing so well yeah then you then you want to see like yeah, like then you want to see Loyola. But, um, yeah, Wisconsin would definitely worry me. If they can get past North Carolina, I think that Wisconsin could be dangerous. Um, Loyola less so, but still, yeah, I mean, that's, um, you know, my bracket in particular is very heavy on Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Colorado. If one of those teams – exits earlier than than normal you know my bracket's going to have some problems
0: he's neil greenberg you can check out his work you should do so especially if you're filling out a bracket it's very useful to help you out it's over on the washington post i think that's where alex is going right now oh i'm staring at it right now neil appreciate the time man all the best to you and the family enjoy the tournament this weekend
2: you too good luck talk to you soon